Hello and welcome to another Never Sees Up, Cockney Knees Up, Big Ben's Ringing and our Dicks Be Swinging episode of Guest Cast Gaming Podcast. Coming to you as ever from London Town. <laughs> this is uh, day two of our Eurogamer experience yep. at the Eurogamer Expo. Some may say our final day. Those people being us, because us it is. Because we've done everything now. Aye. Um, they say you couldn't see it all in a day, and you can't probably, but mm-hmm. two? Yeah, you can. Aye, quite easily. Yeah. So Gav, what did we get up to today? First thing we did, we got in the queue. Mm-hmm. They said to us, you don't need to stand with these pussies, with you these are fucking plebs. Show me your, your press wristband. Uh-oh, we took us off last <laughs> night. Tell who snapped us. I didn't think it was nice to go in the shower with a, with a freaking band on my, my arm. Insanitary. I might catch on your forehead. I might catch my forehead on my lovely body hairs. But went and done that, got to the end of the queue, bump. We made a beeline over to the PlayStation Vita. Yes. There was already a queue of people there. I was mm-hmm. like, how the fuck did they get in before us? Who are these people? Who are these idiots? So we waited, got into the next kind of group of people. To go inwards? Yep, waited on a little queue. And uh, it was weird, they gave us little cards. They brought out a series of cards, splayed them out in a fan fashion. Yeah. Pick a card, any card. So you picked your card and you got? Uncharted. Probably the jewel of the yeah, PSVR. Like, yeah, come on. Good for you. No, I really hope you had a good time playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave me Wipeout. Oh, dear. Um, Are you all right? Uh, I like Wipeout. I've got Wipeout uh, HD. Pure. F- Pure and Fury. Mm. Uh, I do enjoy Wipeout and all, but I've played Wipeout. Uh-huh. It's like Mario Kart uh, 7 on the 3DS. You know you're going to play Wipeout. Yes. Um but yeah, so they, they brought us over. They had our own individual little handler who made mm-hmm. sure that you weren't stealing things. Mine was called Henry. Really? Mine was called uh, Sassenach. Mm. That's just what I called him being Scottish. Maximilio. Yeah. But he was, uh, they were dead nice uh, and showed us the, the whole thing. How light is it? And you picked it up. It's... Aye, initial views for just the aesthetics of it is it is big. Yes. And it is very light. Yeah, it doesn't feel... I thought at first I was like, is this proper heft mm-hmm. the guy was like oh no yeah this is everything in it the battery's in it so there you go but conversely my guy Henry mm-hmm. said they're still in our chipset to go into it so it might be slightly heavier and I turned to him and said good it needs it because yeah. it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it, it feels cheap yeah it doesn't feel like a quality product in yeah. hand everything was sturdy enough when you were doing it it wasn't creaky or anything but it was too light to you know yeah. you just to get that feeling of you know you're spending money on something mm-hmm. hefty mm-hmm. Uh, but played Wipeout Wipeout was exactly as you'd expect Wipeout to be uh, the guy was running us through all the sorts of different things that you can play in the game. Uh, it controlled the little... The year con- is 2046. Yeah. <laughs> the controller was really nice, a little nubs, a uh, mm. little kind of analogue nubs, lovely. Uh, they worked really well. And then he switched to the motion control, which controlled like a fucking dog. Mm. Really, really... And I said to him, can you change the sensitivity? Not in the demo, but hopefully in the finished game, because it was really like a tank. Right. Uh, and Wipeout's a game where you have to be very... A racing game where you've got to be very nimble. Uh, but it was like you pressed the back touchpad to accelerate, so you held that in to accelerate. Right. Uh, but you also you had to move the bu- use the buttons as well to fire, so it wasn't quite as it was quite awkward. Yeah. But overall, it looked great, sounded great. Put on the old headphones. Yes. Um, sounded sounded fantastic. So yeah, wipeout, wipeout was wipeout, wipeout was wipeout. When you said that we both got to switch pick the game beforehand, yeah. if it had been the other way about. Mm-hmm. You like Wipeout, yeah. but I don't. I would have been so fucking gutted. I probably would have swapped with you if I saw you You're a good guy. Face. I would have okay, guy. on you go, dickhead. Uh, but I did get Uncharted, mm. like you say, probably the jewel and the crown yeah. of uh, the, the PSP lineup. The guy did say to you as well it was going to be a release title. 
he, he did. He said that, but the guy, I'm not saying that he wasn't an expert on the PS Vita. Yeah. He didn't appear like he was completely switched on to it because he was saying things like, how much is it going to be? He's like, yeah, about the £250 mark. And I went, again, he won't have been told exact figures, etc. Mm. But I didn't believe really anything he told me. <laughs> <laughs> My guy Henry was much more interested in talking about uh, Xbox controllers. Yeah. He's just like, ah, I much prefer them. I'm like, you will get fired, Henry. What's your back? I've got your back, but these guys don't. Henry. They'll stab you as soon as look at you. I mean, Assassinic didn't really talk about anything like that at no, all. No, no, I always seem to get off on a wee tangent with these guys. Anyway, uh, Uncharted played, uh, looked amazing. Literally, I know they've been saying it's kind of PS3 levels. Just below that, but still outstanding to look at. Uh, it was I was playing through a kind of bog standard uh, jungle kind of temple level where yeah. I was shooting at guys. An Uncharted and, level. An Uncharted level. Uh, when you're moving about, kind of traversing, climbing, mm-hmm. you could either just use either the dual sticks, yeah. which was odd for a start because I kept forgetting about the second one. Yeah, just because it's PSP, you're uh, used to it. I'm used to just it being one. Uh, they did seem a bit oddly spaced out. Yeah, they're it, too far apart to yeah. then have to go into the touch screen as well. But when you're climbing about, you could control with the sticks, or you could control by kind of drawing a line along the way you'd like to go. Yeah. Uh, and he'd kind of follow that line as he was climbing along okay. the surfaces, uh, which wasn't perfect, mm. but it was okay, but much better just using traditional controls. Yeah, that's it. I think it's... When you got to a point where he was hanging on one ledge and you had to kind of jump behind you, mm-hmm. you had to tilt the unit, oh, right, and then okay. kind of turn around, right. and then leap. Mm. Which was okay. Yeah, that's pushing it a little for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the firing worked really well on it, the kind of action shooting parts mm-hmm. it was kind of snap to controls so when you went and aim it would draw towards the right, that's closest good. guy yeah. uh, but then the sniper rifle you had to use kind of you'd have to move the unit around right okay yeah to position the cursor yeah so at points i was almost upside down <laughs> trying to look at it yeah, kind of like, good on the train that, or the bus or something yeah. like that you know but it looks phenomenal but as we said it still feels a little bit light I'd like to see them, even if they just put some ballast in it. Yeah, just, just stick some mercury in the bottom yeah, of it. Yeah, uh, some really poisonous mercury. The um, the screen looked great, I thought, as well. Mm-hmm. It was a really high-quality screen, and the guy was saying how you're going to be able to watch uh, films, etc. on it. Motion pictures? Uh, motion picture films. And he was saying, like, with all the talk of the battery life, he was like, oh, you can watch films for up to, like, 10 hours. And I was like, are you sure? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the battery being yeah. quite shitty on it. He said, yeah, you get three hours of normal play, continuous play, about five hours of off-and-on play. And with this, you'll get maybe about 10 hours of movie playback, and that's good. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially the screen's such of a high quality, I think it'd be quite easy, and it's so big, the mm-hmm. screen, that it'd be a viable alternative, you know, taking it somewhere and watch using that as your yeah. primary... Yeah. The only concern would be the fact that the size of the machine doesn't necessarily lend itself to being that portable. No, you can't slip it in your pocket. Ah, it's, it's not, not exactly like going on your phone micro. and watching something yeah. for five minutes. It's a big thing that you have to take with you. Uh but definitely interesting the fact that it's much, well, it's not, I guess, it kind of makes sense because you're not using the rear touchpad, you're not using the front touchpad, yeah. you're not using the ex- accelerometer when you're just watching a movie, so you so. expect it to be longer, but it's a decent battery life. I mean, mm-hmm. that's longer than an iPad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, no, it, it remains to be seen. The guy said about February, March for the UK, it's December in Japan. Nice. They're going to be getting it, but he says February, March time, we'll get it out over here. Uh, but it kind of did sell me on the product. Mm-hmm. In that way, you know, I'm quite excited about it now. I'd probably find myself waiting for a price drop. Two fifty is a lot of money to spend on a handheld, which you'll be again spending at least forty, fifty quid on yes. every game that yeah, you get your with premium it. Premium titles are going yeah. to be that much. Uh, but 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I almost kind of wish that I'd been given a different game, but I can't really bitch about it now. No, um, we can. What were the other games that were shown off? That was a few kind of puzzle, puzzle looking puzzle ones. ones, and some kind of sound stage one or something yeah. like that it was called. I'm really glad we didn't get that one. There was a guy Raging. behind us, I think, that got that, and he was like, "Oh wow, it's like, uh, oh, Master System, thanks. I wanted a Mega Drive." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, motherfucker." Ah, sorry, mum. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we spent a bit of time with PlayStation Vita. Then yeah. we headed off. Played uh, Saints Row 3 some more. <laughs> yeah, played a bit more Saints Row 3. Played a little bit more Anarchy Reigns as well. Yeah, played Anarchy Reigns. I'm kind of sold on that now. Anarchy Reigns really enjoyed a it. lot of fun. Just it's, a big brawler, daft yeah. game. It's especially the fact that it's a completely online mm-hmm. experience now. As we've now, as I've found out, it's completely online. Right. So it is just like a kind of standard deathmatch game. It's like a kind of new version of Power Stone, which is I'm so excited about. Mm-hmm. And it's all these characters, some of them that you know already, other big giant daft characters and it's big giant daft fun can't work out if that guy is Vanquish or not can't work he kind of looks a bit like him but he mm. may not be great if Vanquish was in it but I imagine he will be because it's the same kind of dudes yeah Sega isn't it yeah, yeah. Sega. but oh. I was glad the guy told me now that I had the Sega guy whispering in my ear this mm-hmm. time he was like press the two buttons in together and you're going to rage mode when you die and I was like okay Annihilated fools mm-hmm. for like the last ten seconds came first. I was like, "Yeah." yeah. So yesterday you were complaining about the fact that they had special treatment. Yeah, but now the shoes in their foot, you're happy with it. I think yeah, most people will feel that way. <laughs> you also, we met Professor Genki. We did from the Central series. We met Super Mario. Yes, there will be a picture Mario. up eventually of that uh, mm-hmm. of us with Super Mario. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Phil, you need to take a picture of me with Super Mario." And then when Mario put his arm around me, I was mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Mario. At that point, we uh, broke for a little bit of light lunch. Yes. Uh, and then we had chicken satay, we wonton did. soup. Had some wonton soup. And returned. Yes. Uh, we played, we had some time with one of the kind of, what did he say he did? The guy from End of Nations? The guy from End of Nations said that he was QA. QA. Aye, yeah. So I think he was thinking these boots were a little bit yeah, um, we went, bigger than they actually we went were. over there. We'd, we'd set some time aside to go and speak to these guys. We'd arranged to go and speak to these people from uh, Try On Worlds yeah. uh, to speak about End of Nations. And we got there, they were like, oh, we're not doing any of that anymore. Some people were fucking us around, so we're, you know. So we just dingied the appointment calendar uh, so, completely. So we spoke to the young American man who had no sense of humour. He, he was a, very nice, but he was a bit kind of. In his leather hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just very much. It showed us the game. The, the game itself is a free to play um MMO RTS, like yes. looking strategy game, very similar looking to StarCraft, but without all the sort of micromanagement of the building things. And yeah. it's basically just the combat you have to worry about. And it looks like a lot of fun. And he's saying it can, it's optimized to run on, you know, it can run on kind of older seven or eight year old systems, which is great for me. Mm-hmm. So I might even give it a buzz. Yeah, like. yeah. It was nice to see a game. To say it was a simplified version of an RTS would be mm-hmm. kind of do it in injustice because yeah. it's not. It's just removed. The idea of uh, having that base and keeping an eye on your base yeah. continuously and just lets you focus on the combat, but the combat itself looked like it had enough yeah. to be a full-fledged experience. Yeah, the it's, thing I most liked about it was the fact that on the, your particular server, all, it was like a world map all divided into, sec- into different sections, mm-hmm. and your faction can take over those sections, and they can be yours, you mm-hmm. know, so people can have to contest. You know, they're coming into your area to try and take over your bit. Your territory. The thought of that is quite cool. Like, well, people was, ain't taking my territory. Yeah, there was some nice ideas that the guy was discussing when he said that, obviously, because they want to keep the, the game balanced, mm-hmm. uh, there wouldn't be any point if the map was completely conquered. Yeah. Then there'd maybe be some little prizes for 
the folk that the, the winning team yeah, overall. They get like I a think there was boost. one uh, NPC team and then two playable teams yeah. that you could go. Uh, and if the world was completely conquered, then it would reset after a period. Yeah. And to counterbalance everybody going into one particular team, yeah. they'd maybe offer bonuses for the other team for yeah, a while kind to of the, try. The losing team would get like slightly more buffed. Mm-hmm. Characters and etc. So it gives you the incentive to try out the other team. It definitely had is, some interesting ideas. Yeah, no, I was I was quite because uh, we weren't completely uh, up for it. Yes, when we, when we made the appointment, but we thought fuck it, we'll go. And I kind of walked away thinking, yeah, I quite like the look of it. It was, more it was nice like, and colourful as well. Yeah, it was more like Advance Wars. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that kind of <laughs> stylized, you know, big daft tanks and stuff. Huge daft tanks, no looking after a base, and just combat focused. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, sure. I did say there was going to be some kind of microtransactions to pay for it all, but it was completely not dependent on you actually yeah. buying into them. You could enjoy the game to its fullest, and people who are willing to spend more money on it wouldn't necessarily have a huge crushing advantage over somebody yeah. who was willing to pay nothing for it. Might it might just be even so, some cosmetic stuff that they're mm-hmm. buying, you know, more than anything else. But yeah, yeah, End of Nations, good on them. Free to play as well. Yep. Uh, so what else? What else did we do beyond that? Really? I mean, I think after that we went and seen on live. We went to speak to the chap at on live. Yes. Very nice man. What was his name? Bruce. Bruce. He uh, they basically demoed the console for us. What they we're going to do is we're going to uh, stick on the interview at the end. The sound quality, obviously, because it was recorded in you know Earl's Court. In the, yeah, in the convention and centre. And an open top booth. Yeah. At one point, I think there's a really piercing announcement that comes over the top of it. But if you want to, you can stay tuned listen to that at the I mean, end if you've thing. got any sort of questions like we did about the online service about how it operates the the in-depth answers that he goes into yeah. are so much more than we could possibly know uh he is i mean the guy was so articulate and knew his shit so much yeah that yeah. you know just blasted and you out. could tell he had a real pride in his product as absolutely well. i mean when we spoke to him very fleetingly yesterday he was saying about how long he'd been with them i think it's like four years and for people to say all constantly this won't work mm-hmm. and then finally seeing that it does mm-hmm. and we saw it today and it irrespective of your, con- of, of your connection etc um it really is dependent on that yeah but showing it i was kind of blown away by it absolutely he did mention the fact that they're working with bt mm-hmm. uh to you know with connection speeds and upgrading the whole system bt yeah. are a partner in it so they're obviously involved and it's in their interest mm-hmm. to provide the best speeds yep absolutely possible so you know even if it doesn't instantly take off and people do have problems with it at first, mm-hmm. it's not going to get worse. Yeah, it's exactly. It's only going to get better. Well, the good analogy that he brings up in it is about uh, BBC iPlayer mm-hmm. and how shitty it was to start with. Now people said, well, that's, that, that's the death knell for this kind of thing. Yeah. And look at it now. Yeah, it's absolutely. just a, a fledgling thing, but we're getting in on the ground floor. Hopefully, we're going to be getting our uh, console uh, on lives through mm-hmm. uh, and we'll be able to talk to you more about what the service is like at home, yeah. you know, being able to use it. And not just in a convention centre in optimal surroundings. Yeah, well, first impressions, though. First impressions, fucking hell. It's impressive. Yes. Just the very fact, the very first thing that he showed us was the arena, where you go in and it's just all the people on your friends list. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a grid with all these little screens. And each one of them is just your mates playing the games. Yeah, you can just swim straight in, no time delay. Yeah, it's no like watching over their shoulders. Just screens. Like we're on the PC just there watching somebody playing Saints Row 2. Mm-hmm. And you think... It's so good. I mean, just I'll be able to go on to see. Oh, look, Phil's online playing this. Oh, look at him. He's getting fucked over and on you know whatever game. Yeah, yeah. Look how shit he is at this game. The lineup that they seem to have coming up and the the instantaneous release date. Yeah, it says day and date comes out. It'll be available on on live. Uh, yeah. If it works in the house, it's going to be a bit of a game changer. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, that as well. Think things like. Uh, Borderlands 2, Saints Row the 3rd, mm-hmm. uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations, they're all going to be available day and date. 
mm-hmm. that's a big deal. I mean, there's going to be a lot of contest about again, uh, like not being able to deliver like true HD graphics at the yeah. moment. But again, that's something that's just only going to improve. Yeah. And once you've got the unit, then that's that's your install cost. Yeah. Honestly, I was saying the uh, the very fact that they're not going to have there's no need for this is just the thing that you get the little online thing is just a bridge mm-hmm. to their service. Which they take care of everything else on their side of things. Yeah. So you're not going to have to buy the new on live, you know, bridge. Yeah. Essentially, every year you're not going to have to do an update like that. So that's. I'm guessing great. there will be controllers and stuff like that. Yeah, there will be a pad on and hardware. In that case, I'm sure the pad itself, speaking of the hardware, is great. Yeah, it's lovely. Really, th- really chunky, good thick uh, kind of heaviness to it, a heft to it. Mm. The D pad feels great, and that's what I was kind of thinking about when I saw people playing Street Fighter. What's the D-pad going to be like? And it is just a nice sturdy D-pad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't know if it's blister. Uh, it's going to get blister proof. Blister proof, but yeah, I was kind of, I was expecting a kind of more flimsy, light, you know, creaky shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got some great little buttons at the bottom that light up, but it all illuminates. It just, it looks, it's a class act. Yeah, I mean, and they are branching out into other things like movies. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, and they're talking about having it integrated into television. It's quite an interesting talk. Stay tuned to the end of it, which is going to be soon because we don't have that much else to talk about. Yeah. And you can listen to a very noisy interview with Bruce. Yeah. But on the whole, on live, you bought into it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. pretty much too. It's, uh, it's going to be cute a couple of months of us being like, on live's the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, next thing we have planned for our London trip, Gav, yeah. is a ripper walk. Yes, Phil and I, I would, it's, it's not correct to say that we are fans of Jack the Ripper. We're we fans of the endorse, mystery. Yeah, we don't endorse his behaviour. Yeah, we're fans of the legend and the myths behind it. Uh, we really do enjoy it. We've watched From Hell last night. Get ourselves all prepped. That so we know all the facts. Yeah. We um, watched From Hell. So Inspector Aberline was psychic, is that right? Mm-hmm. Things like that we've mm-hmm. been asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm re- I can't wait. We're bringing along uh, DeAndre, friend yeah, of the show DeAndre. Friend of the show DeAndre, he'll be there. Um, so we'll get to chat to him and let us know. And who He's knows? an American, Gavin. He is an American man, so he'll probably be pulling up in his horse uh-huh. uh, and you know shooting off his six-shooter left, right and centre. And he'll probably solve this case. He'll crack the case tonight. Yeah, well, it's about time somebody did. Yeah, and it, it has to be in America. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's been it. It's been a fantastic little trip. We're coming back up to Bonnie, Scotland tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so a little bit of brekkie tomorrow. And then shooting the crow. Back on the train, and we'll be probably back with a normal full guest cast, probably after the online devices arrive. Yeah, once on live arrives, <laughs> and we get to have a good look at it. Um, yeah. That'll be probably end up doing some sort of on live special. I'll maybe do a really dorky unboxing video. Oh, that'd be sweet, man. Mm-hmm. People get to see your luscious hands. My beautiful hands. I might get a manicure. Oh, no. I looked uh, at them in the, the homosexual fashion there. Should be... No, that's the one. That's the straight one. Yeah, you can. You've got, to, you've got to differentiate, Kev. Uh, the thing is, though, the people at home <laughs> don't really care what, how they you look at your really nails. They don't care how I look at my nails, possibly not. not fans of the show, mate. You're right. No, you know what, <laughs> mate? You're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Thanks very much. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for today. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit more of a subdued day, because obviously we'd seen so much yesterday. Yeah, I think we blabbered on quite fast and quite furious yesterday. Yeah, so. it was a fa- too fast, too furious. So much torque. You owe me a 10-second podcast. Uh how about we end this just now, we'll stick on the interview, and then we'll just eat this big pile of jelly deals. Excellent. Knees up, Mother Come Brown. Come on, Governor. Viva La Raza. Take care. Spike your hair. So everybody, as I was saying, 
This is the interview that we had with the guys from OnLive. Yep. We were speaking to Bruce Grove, the Director of Strategic Relations. He's the guy who was doing all the talking. Yep, and Mark Turpin, who is from a PR marketing company. Very nice guy. Uh, he was there mostly in a kind of speculative capacity. Yeah, so he wasn't really saying anything, but he was the one that sorted us all out with it. So good on him. Giving him props. Giving him a big shout out. Uh, the first question, we're just going to cut straight into it because we had a bit of an intro and sorting out the yeah. mics and everything. So basically all I asked him was, how has the reception been so far in the UK, specifically yeah. since the online service started? So here we go. Let's hear it. Uh, reception has been uh, absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we've been... Uh, we, we were very confident that we were going to be well received and that we'd get a lot of attention. But it's been way beyond what we expected. I mean, honestly, we've just been blown away by how people have just sort of come from everywhere and they've said, this is the future. This is, this we want to see this. And we've had everyone from Jason Bradbury to Tom Watson just sort of swinging by the stand and then the first thing they're doing is going away and telling everyone. And it's yeah. like, and so this isn't um, just small numbers of people or a few uh sort of techno geeks who are just trying to keep up with stuff and say, oh, this might be interesting to a few people. These are people that are just sort of blasting out to the world yeah, and no. saying, pay attention, people. This matters. This is, this is, and that's just fantastic. And this seems to be a perfect sort of time for it to come to the UK because there are so many people that are ready to make that sort of leap to sort of a digital-only yep. kind of platform, especially the right of DLC products that are out there. Yep. Uh, so it's been great. I mean, just to see the amount of people that have been playing it, speaking to a few people and say, as, as we were talking earlier, the amount of people who didn't believe it could work right. are now seeing that, seeing that it can work. Yeah. I mean, that must be gratifying for yourselves too. It, it's, it's um, I mean, the great thing there is you're always going to get people who say, well, it, it can't work. It's like, well, it does. Mm-hmm. You can go try it. And then you get people saying, well, it can't work for me, so it won't succeed. Which is another kind of. Why would you say something like that? We, over history, we've shown so many times that that's one of those those things that you should never go and say. Can't do heavier than air flight. It'll never work. Yeah. Can't do voice over IP. Can't stream video. Yeah. Can't do digital only music. Yeah. We, we're watching all these shifts all the time. Um, this country has a perfect example. So BBC iPlayer launched uh, five years ago, I guess, mm. and a lot of problems out of the gate lot of problems because the infrastructure wasn't there but you don't give up and then say okay it's not going to happen because if you're paying attention you know that the infrastructure is going to keep moving forward broadband speeds are following Moore's law and they're doubling every 18 months or whatever uh, fiber rollout is now 25-27% of this country's deployment and expanding people are offering IPTV services BBC iPlayer is now seen as a viable way to get media yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Well, this is the next part of that. It's it's video games over the internet, instant gratification. Don't need all of the uh, various high-end hardware anymore, and it works. And infrastructure around it is going to keep building, and we get to keep taking advantage of that. And that means that what you see today is only going to get better. Right? I mean, yeah. It, yeah. We don't go backwards from this point. We go forwards. Yeah. And on top of that as the infrastructure increases we can do more as well we can move to higher definition we can move to 3D we can move to multi-screen viewing you can be sitting in your house with the TV and the iPad as a different part of the same game Uh, and being the controller and the 
gaming device. You could have four people sat on the sofa, each with their own tablet, getting a different view of the game and a global view of the game. Yeah. It's all about the technology growing with us, and this is just the first thing you're seeing from it. How closely is working with the kind of broadband providers? Or uh, well, BT is an investor, so pretty closely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, the uh, and BT came to us. Well, thinking back, it must be about two years ago, I, think, I guess. And they saw the technology, and that was before we'd launched in the US as well, if I remember right. I'm trying to remember all the timelines, but. Um, they saw what we were doing with online, very excited by the technology, and they saw a fit there for, okay, this fits into a world of, in their case, BT Vision, but in the, the broader sense, just in a world of IPTV, in a world of connected devices. You buy a television now, and it has an Ethernet jack in the back. You buy a Blu-ray player, it's a connected device. Uh, we sell the, the game system. But if you think about it, what that game system is really, it's just a bridge to the connected mm. devices that are coming anyway, because it's a simple set-top box. That's all it is, it's a video decoder. Um, so if in the very near future you're going to see devices that are on live enabled, and that box goes away as well. Right. Now it's just the TV, and you'll switch the TV on, plug it into the network, and up pops an on live logo next to the iPlayer yeah. logo next to the Spotify logo. Yeah. That's definitely something that appeals to me is the fact that obviously the more as you say the more you can do when broadband speeds become bigger and bigger. Yep. We're not gonna have to get, you know, get the new online right. bridge, you know, get the new hardware that's not going to be so necessary. Yep. And that's really something that really appeals to me. I think a lot of people I think that's gonna be part of the success. You don't have to upgrade every you know so often. It it kind of breaks the upgrade cycle because um, what we've seen and it's been interesting to watch how it's developed over the last few years. We've had a console cycle that everyone was pretty comfortable with around four to five years. Yeah. And then Xbox and PlayStation in particular, it took a long time to bring such a leap in technology out to get enough traction. We're now seeing a seven plus year console cycle. And both of them are sitting there saying, well, it may be even longer. Uh, we're gonna keep these platforms around for as long as possible. And in fairness, Sony had done that previously with PlayStation 2. Yeah. I mean, even after PlayStation 3 came out, they were still selling yeah, vast really numbers of yeah. PlayStation 2s. Well, we do the upgrading now. Yeah. Um, the power of that box, or the power of the TV, is it needs to be handling a video stream. Yeah. And as long as it can do that, everything else comes from our side. So, we can upgrade our servers as necessary and someone can come to us and maybe they've got a particularly compelling reason for us to build a, an army of insanely big servers and they say, okay, we've got a game and it's got to be photo real, but the only way we can do that is either give it to gamers, of which only 0.01% can actually play it, yeah. mm. or you guys you run it and you deal with it and everyone can get access yeah. to it. And by the way, you can now play it on your iPad yeah. or your... Um, Android tablet or your phone even, who knows where it's going to go with all of this. So because we manage that, we can balance that, we can just create and scale to the demand that's required. When you say things like Sony and Microsoft etc, I mean, have you had any sort of feedback from those companies that are kind of reliant on this tech, on you know, bringing hardware, their own technology yeah. and the hardware and so I think happy. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to make any official comments on that, yeah, but no. I mean, certainly if I was a console manufacturer right now, I'd be looking at the direction of the industry and saying, okay, what's compelling to people and where do I want to take this? The reason that 
motion control has become such a sort of big deal over the last few years is because it opens up a new market and it moves gaming into the mainstream as well. I mean, over the last 10 years, we've seen a big shift where gaming has become, it's gone from the bedroom into the living room. Yeah. Right? It, it is a, it's a social activity now. Mm. Friends come around and you sit and play together. We have rock band and at the end of an evening, there's still people left over for the party. I can guarantee rock bands yeah. dragged out. And the party goes on for another three hours. <laughs> Come I on, to go to bed. Yeah, I just want to sleep. So it, it's moved into the mainstream. It's it's an accepted part of uh, how we entertain ourselves now. Um, motion control is one part of that. Making it frictionless and easy is another part of that. It's why tablets have become such prolific gaming devices because it's all of this casual gaming that you don't think very much about. Um, well, this is the same idea. If you plug your TV in and it's just there, well, why wouldn't you think about it? Why wouldn't you take it And in fact, I mean, if you pass me the controller, I'll give you a kind of idea of some of the other cool things as well. So I think you guys... So first off, I don't know how much time you spent walking around the service, um, but this is the arena. So here's me watching other people playing video games. Right? And I can find out more about that player... If I like the way they're playing, I can send them a note where I cheer them. If I don't like the way they're playing, I can cheer them. I can send them a direct message. Uh, I can jump into the game and play it myself. Uh, I can find out more about that player. What they, um, what kind of games they like playing, uh, who their friends are. And I mean, we obviously have settings and privacy settings to allow you to control that. But this is designed to be, I mean, by the very nature of it, everyone's online. Yeah. So it's a social, open environment. I could go see, I happen to know that's Daniel, go and see what Daniel's up to right now. He's online, but he's not playing a game. If he was playing a game, the video avatar would be replaced with the game he's playing. Um, but again, it gives me this very sort of seamless way to move around. Uh, if I look at Eric, I can see that Eric, Eric's actually playing Lord of the Rings right now. And so there I am. My friend Eric comes straight into what? spectating, watching what he's playing. And if he happens to be playing a multiplayer game, I can jump into the same game uh, and just join on the server that he's playing on, and we're off. It's such a scene. I'm so kind of impressed with it because you're so used to like PlayStation Network and yep. Xbox Live. It's a laborious process to do any of these things. Assassin's Creed, for example, and you can just watch a wall of Assassin's Creed players. Oh, right, yeah. um, and then we have break clips. So you hit a button, and the last 10 seconds of what you've done uh, basically gets posted to your player profile. 
and other people can then rate it and rank it. Um, and I can decide if that was particularly interesting or particularly boring. Personally, I thought that was particularly not very interesting. Um, but had I thought it was more interesting, I can share it to Facebook. And I can let other people see, it's like, hey, you want to check this out? And I mean, just cause two, if you played that. Yeah, just yeah. some hilarious cartoon yeah. moments in it. And we run um, competitions with the players on the, the site to get the most entertaining breakfast and then everyone votes on it and right. so the more views the more ratings pushes them up and down the stack and everyone can see other things we're of course we're in the um, the show we've got a few previews on here so this is the a lot of the show content this is the production service by the way though I mean what you're seeing here is running on our service here right. in Europe um, but I get to look at these and I, I get to vote on all of them uh, you just have to be getting the users just trying to figure out what this is someone who sucks at this game <laughs> so um, again and another thing about this is look at the richness of the UI you can create when everything's at the back end I mean look at the speed of it's very cool. cool when you're so used to other services like yep. that how clunky they are yep. so, so then you have the, the marketplace um, we can we just have incredible amount of control over pricing models uh, we have lots of different ways to sell you games. Uh, Deus Ex just launched. Uh, first offer is everything for a pound, or first game for a pound. So okay. that's why you see everything pound price. But normally that would be a full play pass and cost you £34.99. Um, however, if you look at some of the other games around and see if Brother, I can't remember which ones have this. Of course, it didn't help us when we went and for the show games, we went and bought everything. <laughs> ah, so here's a good example. We haven't even bought this one. So, three-day rental, five-day rental. Uh, I don't have to buy the game outright. I can just uh, try it for three days. And then if I don't like it, I can walk away. Or maybe I come back a month later. I pick up where I left off. I re-rent, but my save game data is still there. And I carry on from where I was. Um, so incredibly powerful stuff like that that happens. And then play to own uh, rent to own type so we're not going to make you keep renting yeah. if you pay beyond the price of the game it just becomes yours it at becomes that point. your game um, so those are the kind of the typical pricing for straight purchases then we have the play pack where you buy there's now 103 games in the play packs going up about five games every week okay uh, 6.99 a month bioshock arkham asylum the original Deus Ex, yeah. right? Um, but this also tells you a little bit more about the kinds of things you can do because we can put indie games in here, we can put retro games in here. When games have got past their initial sales peak, uh, we can put them in here, and instead of them becoming used games where the publisher makes no money or just falls down into the bargain bin, yeah. publisher makes no money, they basically get to keep making. Yeah. Um, some money off of this and more interestingly is take something like Borderlands so here's Borderlands in the play pack bundle so £6.99 it's part of that and you get to play Borderlands but Borderlands has uh, what traditionally you call DLC yeah. we call it an add-on because there is no download you don't have yeah. to wait for it so I go in here and there's all the DLCs and they're separately monetized. so another £6 and you get the additional um, add-on packs. So 
the game itself gets someone hooked for a very, very low barrier to entry, the DLC gets you into more aspects of the game because now you've decided you enjoy the game. But other parts of it might be um, I haven't picked up gaming in a long time, but now it's suddenly this thing presented to me on my TV. And there is a game that I haven't seen for 10 years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I remember that. That was a fantastic game. I'll go back in and play it. And by the way, when we put that in, everyone jumped on it. And yeah, started yeah, playing yeah. It. Like, I haven't yeah. seen that in ages. That was a great game. Um, so it's also great for the publishers to be able to promote and push. <laughs> it's just great for the publishers to be able to um, also use that as they're coming out with new releases like um, uh, Assassin's Creed a good example mm. as Revelations comes online we have all of the older versions yeah. move into the playpack ah, right, so really it just becomes a way to um, take advantage of again getting people back into the old content finding lost money is what we call it it's like the money down the back of the yeah. sofa that forgotten about and suddenly oh look Tomb Raider Legend I remember that I think I'll play it so just opens up so much so so far more ways of playing games will you guys have a specific day when the sort of your marketplace is updated or is it going to be like a constant sort of oh it's constant yeah Um, so for 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 new releases no 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 for new releases it's day and date right so uh, if we look in the marketplace, I think at the top of it is uh, what have we got. Uh, I think coming up we have. Uh, uh, I know there's oh Saints Row is coming up, so I can pre-order it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when Saints Row goes live, the moment that goes live, I can play it. Right. I'm not okay. waiting for a download. I'm not standing in the line with the, the pre-order pack as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just there. It's available and on. And so. That's just instant. 12.01, I'm playing Saints Row. Uh, for the older games, that's just a case of resources, as, as time, as getting people in, getting them going with it, working through. So, yeah, I mean, we can. We want to add more and more games. We want to become the ultimate game library and archive. And I think when you look at Deus Ex, it's an example. We can go back to Jet Set Willy, we can yeah, go back yeah. to Chucky Egg, I mean, and why not? It's, yeah. it's very easy for us to put all of that old stuff on yeah. and make it available. It's just about time, yeah, get it all, make it, get it there. Very, very cool. It does look fantastic. I've kind of bought into it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very cool. The meta scores coming up as well. And yep. It's the future. It's the future. It's the future. Well, I want to say thank you very much for your time. Well, very much appreciate You're welcome. Yes, absolutely. You're welcome. And uh, try it. Absolutely, we will.